0: Okay, so what I wanted to talk about is some very interesting topic of discussion that the Talmud brings up. Now, what's the Talmud? Have you heard of the Talmud, Josh? I've heard of the Talmud. What do you know about the Talmud? Not enough. the T with the Not name. enough. So this is one volume of the Talmud. Okay. You can read Hebrew, this is the... It says Talmud Bavli, which means Babylonian Talmud. Where was Babylonian Talmud written? Oh, okay. Babylonian and Babylon. Babylon. <laughs>
1: in Babylon.
0: Now, a little trivia question. There's two talmuds. There's the Babylonian Talmud and there's the Jerusalem Talmud. Okay. Where was the Jerusalem Talmud written? Not
1: Babylonia or not Babylon, uh Jerusalem.
0: <laughs> uh, what do you say, Brian? The Babylonian Talmud was written where? In Babylonia. In Babylonia or Babylon, right? <laughs> right. And the Jerusalem Talmud was written in Jerusalem. Everyone agrees that cons- consensus. Arabic. Consensus. Uh, actually, I it's written agree. in Arabic. It's got to be uh, a trick question. Yeah. There. So there's two Talmuds. There's the yeah. Babylonian Talmud and Jerusalem Talmud. Which the Sephardi's like the Babylonian. But man. the Jerusalem Talmud wasn't written in out. Jerusalem, was it? <laughs> oh, it wasn't written, Study. It was written right next to them on Babylon, right? Oh. This is a good question. It was written in Tiberius. Because when the Romans destroyed the second temple in the year 70 of the Common Era. Right? Oh, that's where they went. Titus Vespasian, the Romans come. They pummel the city. They send the Jews on exile, and they make Ju- Jerusalem the first Yudenrat city, first city devoid of Jews. They make it this. They make it a. They call it Elia Capitolina. Elia Capitolina. Yeah. Yeah. Huh. Uh, so like and they rename the city. They put idols all over the city. They put uh, and they make the temple into a uh, into a temple for Zeus and Jupiter. And that wow. infuriates the Jews, and that's why we know the famous revolt. In the year 132, right, was a result of the first time. The only you know, thing in four, five hundred years of, of Roman history, we think of Roman as like uh, uh, Maximus in Gladiator. That's like a you know, yeah. right? Maximus. Maximus, Maximus, remember that? Yeah, great movie. Yeah, that was that was, that was for the, They good. dominated the world for five hundred years. Five hundred years. That's two two Wait, United States. The Romans. States. The Romans. Yeah. And there's only one time where they conquered. And then the conquered people actually regained sovereignty. Do you know that? That's only happened once. Where was that? That was in Israel, in the year 132, the Bar Kokhba revolts. The Jews staged a massive revolt against the Roman uh, conquerors, occupiers, right? Whatever you want to call them. And under the leadership of this wonderful warrior named Bar Kokhba, and they actually uh, kicked the Romans out of Israel. They reestablished sovereignty. They minted coins. We have tons and tons of coins. Uh, that are still around today, from 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 this uh, this kingdom of Bar Kokhba that was around for three years. But either way, that's what happened, and that's and so that's where the Jews ended up in Babylon. Yeah. And they wrote the Babylonian Talmud in about the year 500. About the year 500. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And we st- we have what copies it of happened? Jerusalem. Did, yeah. Jerusalem Talmud predated it, but the style of the Jerusalem Talmud was very different. And can I
1: interject this? It must have been only in retrospect that they called it the Jerusalem and. Babylon Talmud because at the time you know you wouldn't have two separate groups writing writing. Uh, well they, they set out to,
0: they set out to write the same thing like the word you, Talmud the word Talmud has is, is, is not just a description of, of the book it's a description of the content of the book of the style of the content of the book Talmud each study but there were two groups simultaneously no there weren't simultaneously it was 180 years separating the two okay are uh, there differences Many differences. In fact, the entire structure of the book is different. If you if you read this, if we when we say Talmud, we typically mean Babylonian Talmud. If you read this Talmud, you see dialogue, you see debate, you see questions, you see uh, analysis on every single line. That's it. You know, this is, is Rashi debate.
1: Still in this?
0: No, Rashi is way later. Rashi is the commentary. No, 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 no. the commentaries. The Rashi and Tosfos are in Are only Babylonian Talmud. <laughs> only, only, only. only. The very scant uh, commentaries on, on Jerusalem. Very limited. And only from much more recent commentaries. How many generations from the giving of the Torah to this again? From the giving of the Torah to the Talmud 40 generations. Maimonides. Maimonides, Four zero. Maimonides no. in his introduction to his book. Yeah. He lists them one after another. and he, he lists them and then he works backwards. You said Maimonides? Maimonides, Maimonides yeah. Is this what... Maimonides, Maimonides is this one? No, no, no. This is Talmud. No, no, no. But this is what he studied. Yeah, this he studied one. this. Correct. He didn't study the the that well, one. He he, studied no, no. This Maimonides, Maimonides was a world class scholar. So he studied both of them. He studied everything. Okay. He studied everything. Okay. okay. Maimonides wrote books on pharmacology. I mean, it's not, know, not like Sfardi yeah. and Askanaz. Sfardi <laughs> do this and no, Askanaz. No, 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 nothing all, like that. Yes, and and every and subsequently, if there's ever a debate between the Jerusalem Talmud and, and Talmud and Babylonian Talmud, always go the Babylonian Talmud, always. And this, one and this one's got more stuff before, in it. But though, this was said. later. Much, much later, later. This one was. Great. And this also very interesting. With no they knowledge did, of the Jerusalem. Topic. No, they, they had knowledge of it. This, it they it, did it, have knowledge. It wasn't a complete job. But there so was the a the geographical disconnect kind of too. That's right? correct. dude So you really couldn't, unless you were passing notes across ships. I mean, you're well, a big well, device. in truth, the Talmud recounts lots of episodes. Uh, okay. Lots, okay. lots of episodes okay. where there was uh, crossover. Okay. You know, the Talmud says when. Rabbi Demi came. You see this in. Not you? you see this many times in the Talmud. The Talmud gives stories about when this certain rabbi came. It yeah. it tell you where he came from, where he came to, just says where he came. Brothers yeah. And the answer is because Brothers. there was two uh, coexisting, concurrent communities—one in Israel, one Babylon—and they had people going back and forth. You know, there was thoroughfares going back and forth, and people would come, and the different scholars would come, and they would be debriefed. Like, you know, it's like if you came, uh, if you were living in Israel and you came to Babylon and you were a great scholar, they would say, "Okay, fine, teach us what they're teaching in Israel." So that's why we have in the Talmud hundreds of episodes which says, "When this rabbi came, he said. when he came, he came to Babylon, he came to visit, and he sat down and they just started asking him tons of questions.'" Nice. Yeah. So you can get some stuff out of this that not
1: oh, not absolutely. And also
0: in remember, in the in the Jerusalem Talmud, it doesn't bring. Dissenting opinions. It doesn't bring opinions that are rejected. The ta- this Talmud, it brings tons of opinions and it, it, some of them it just spends a page and a half eviscerating. And then it says, okay, we we, we, we we cast that away.
1: Can I ask the most basic question? Yes, absolutely. And I ask
0: it knowing how basic it is. It is what is the uh, content of the Talmud? That's not a that's a great question. What is what? what? was the question? What's the concept of Talmud? What's the Talmud about? What what's uh. about it? So the Talmud is a collection of sixty three books, okay. Which are the Jewish laws, Jewish laws as the framework of the Torah. You know the the Torah familiar, right? Five books of Moses, Genesis, uh, Exodus. You heard these names, right? Exodus there's a big movie coming out. Exodus, but Exodus is a story. but There's also laws, right? The the Torah is woven together. Yes. Yeah, look, laws of oh, yeah. the Torah, right? Yeah. You know, we know the Ten Commandments, right? Oh, yeah. Ten Commandments is the laws. Thou shall not steal. Where does that come from? Thou shall not. It's from the Torah.
1: Okay.
0: And the Torah is like a framework of all the laws. Okay. The Torah doesn't give any details. Doesn't give specifics. It's a framework. Everything else was 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 oral, was tradition, right? Was transmitted orally. Now, the point in time. From Moses as well. From Moses. From Yeah. Yeah. From Moses, absolutely all the way from Moses uh, until it was written down at uh, a necessity it was written down because, like we said, there was exile, there were bans, uh, there were persecutions and bans on tal- uh, public study of Talmud, right? Famously, uh, the emperor Hadrian in the year 117 made significant restrictions on the study of Torah. He said, if you study Torah, you know what we're going to do to you? We're going to kill you publicly, right? That uh, was common. And he says, if you give a circumcision to your son... We're going to execute you. If you observe the Shabbat, we're going to execute you. So, if you can no longer congregate together, if there can no longer be schools of study, how could you possibly transmit the Torah uh, uh, onward? If you don't have a physical document, if it's just uh, in, uh, based on a, uh, on, a, on a system, a school of instruction from, from teacher to student. Therefore, at a necessity, you have to write it down. So, they wrote down the laws plus the explanations of the laws. That's the problem this was when did, when did this happen the Mishnah was written in the year yeah. 200 roughly we don't know the exact date the estimates between the year 180 and 200 of the common era right Rabbi Judah the prince right the uh, Roman emperor uh, Marcus really Antoninus right he was a friend of the Jews so we had a very nice calm period of a couple of years where uh, politically diplomatically uh, there was the leadership on the Jewish people plus the acquiescence of the Roman leadership and that enabled the the, uh, the writing of this momentous document of the Mishnah, which is a very brief summary of all the laws. Yeah. And the time was written in Babylon. Babylon was a was a wonderful place for the Jewish people for thousands of years. And then they actually wrote the expanded version of, of, of all the laws with all the sources, all the exceptions, all the applications. It really fleshes out uh, uh, fleshes out what the law is. Right. Now For example, this book that I selected to talk about today. It's the laws of marriage. So how do you get married? We know we believe in marriage, right? The Torah talks about marriage. The Torah says the verse is in Deuteronomy. When a man shall marry a woman, we have we have something happening. There's two people; they're not married, right? They're single, and they get married. There's some sort of transaction, some sort of status change, right? And now, once she's married, we have a, one of the Ten Commandments is Thou shalt not commit adultery, right? You, you right you cannot sleep with a married woman. That's what the Torah says. So, what makes a woman married? What changes? The Torah doesn't tell us. The Mishnah says there's a way, there are ways to get married, multiple ways to get married. One of them is with like presentation of the rings. The, know. The, sorry, the uh, Mishnah. So we start off the book. It says, a woman and a man can get married in one of three ways. And then list of the three ways. That's the Mishnah right here in this book? Exactly. And that's four lines. Sorry, go ahead. And then we have about 14 pages of Talmud explaining that. Got it. How? Four lines. Exactly. Exactly. So it's very, very, very brief. It says, A man marries a woman in one of three ways. Number one, with a monetary transaction like a ring, like we still do today, right? with a document, right? Uh, or with cohabitation. That's what it says in the Mishnah. That's the Mishnah. And then the Talmud elaborates and explains. And our particular uh, text that I decided to talk about today is going to deal with the scenario and it's going to say well what's the law right because the mishnah is just the general principle you get Torres is to get married you get married in one of three ways right with monetary uh, monetary transaction document cohabitation right that's all it says in the mishnah and now the talmud is going to spend pages upon pages to deal with every possible scenario you know uh, what? For example, listen to this question, right? The monetary a monetary transaction means the man gives the woman something of value. Well, how is it to be? Eh, any any anything anything of value. The Talmud says, what if the woman is being chased by a rabid dog? Listen is the Talmud's question. The woman is being chased by a rabid dog, and. The man walks over and says, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to stop the door from chasing you. And in that benefit, you would pay someone to stop, right? You would pay someone to stop the door. So that's a monetary benefit. But with that monetary benefit, will you be willing to marry me? she says, yes. And he steers away the door. Well, they might be married because that's a monetary benefit. <laughs> wow. So that, that's an example of a Talmud saying... The principle of getting married with money, well, doesn't mean just money. Doesn't mean cash. It means benefit, and even a case where it's a benefit of removing a, 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 a danger. Well, the Talmud analyzes if that would be considered enough for them to get married.
1: Hmm.
0: So that's where we're up to. So what I what I what I, I got here is the uh, maybe we can share because uh, uh, we'll get one over here, is, uh, and you, y'all can share. Maybe just want to be able to read uh, side of it. So we have the first line is background. So this is my is. <laughs> so the background is we have a uh, we have a verse in Deuteronomy one of the Torah and it says when a man shall marry a woman what does that mean how many men are we talking about One. Jewish men over at thirteen no how, but how many I'm how one a unit of marriage is one man and one woman right every transaction is one. I don't want to get into any political uh, discussion uh, just one, I, I, yes, I, I just one man right well, what does it say read, let's read the verse let's read the verse when a man a man shall marry a woman a, a. that means one 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 man and one man. that's what it means right? But it doesn't yeah. mean he's prohibitive from At marrying time. I didn't say that but we're okay. talking about a All certain right. marriage okay. So maybe he'll marry multiple women. Absolutely. But each one will be one man and one woman. Okay. okay so we have Rabbi, a... forgive me. I'm, I, I have to respond to this. Sure, no problem. No problem. And then I'm back. Excellent. Our Talmud is going to be dealing with the question of whether or not a man may marry not multiple women, but half a woman. What if a guy said, you know what? I don't want to marry all of you. I want to marry just half of you. Ugh. Or like a quarter, quarter maybe. One <laughs> limb.
1: <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> That's a very good question. All these questions are, are, are legitimate, but this is a, this is a, a question that Talmud says. This is an, an example of the expansion that Talmud's going to make on a very a single line of the, of the Mishnah. The Mishnah tells us the law: ma- a man and a woman get married with a monetary transaction. I'll say, well, what if this bizarre scenario happens? Right? If a man says to a woman, "I want to marry half of you," is she married. Uh, well, I don't know. Do, with your question? What's. I don't think he is. Huh? You think not? I don't think I think not. Well, what if he says, I want all of you to marry half of me? That's, that's okay. That okay. That is okay. That is good? Right. Yeah.
1: Because a man Well, can it can used have to multiple. be that they could marry four wives, so. But in <coughs>
0: essence, she's marrying a fourth of me. In the case of. Yeah. I agree with Polygamists. you. Polygamy. So you guys say that a man is able to marry in the old days, not anymore. Okay, with the able talks. to marry half a woman, but a, uh, they're but, able to marry half or a quarter of exactly. him. Okay, so you guys are hit the nail on the head. But let's see what the Talmud says. Okay, but I want to read the next line. This is from a little bit earlier. Isn't it great, man? Oh, wow. You guys are awesome. <laughs> okay, the rabbis taught. Look, at everyone sees what the rabbis taught the big paragraph there, uh, three lines down. This is a direct, a, a, a direct, uh, a direct uh, a quote from the Talmud. How does the monetary man, marriage transaction take place? Yeah. The man gives her money, or money equivalent, so we said like uh, presentation of the rings, and says. Says to do two things. Number one is to give her something. He to say something. What does he say? Behold, you are married to me. Or if he says, behold, you are betrothed to me. Or he says, behold, you are my wife. They are married. That's it. She accepts it. She acquiesces to it. She says, okay, fine, and she accepts it, and they're married. No rabbi required. Huh? No rabbi required. Well, you need to have witnesses, but that's, but, but that's for every transaction. Thank you so much, Josh. It's very simple. This is very simple. There's two things that have to happen. Number one, the man has to give her something. Number two, the man has to say something. Obviously, she has to accept it and it have to be proper witnesses, etc. right? And they have to not be sister, a brother and sister, right? Okay, now let's go to our, our feature presentation. Rava taught. This is the Talmud speaker. Thank you. Sure. The Rabbi whose name was Rava. Amen. Amen. If a man says, "Behold, you are married to half of me," he doesn't say, "Behold, you married to me." He says, "Behold, you married to half of me." Then they are indeed married, like you guys all hit the nail on the head. However, if he says, "Behold, half of you," is married to me then they're not married so the Talmud makes the distinction the Talmud says if he says you're married to half of me then it's good if he says half of you half of you the woman is married to me then it's not good okay that's the opinion of, Ra- of Rava. right now remember like we said in the Talmud anyone throws out an opinion someone else will probably pounce and ask a question right it's a very lively and dynamic book doesn't say, oh, okay, that's what that's what it is. You don't know, almost never get that. You say one guy says this, and before you know it, a barrage of questions are ready, and the questions might be, there might be answers, and it might have a dialogue back and forth. And after like twelve back and forth, you're like, where are we up to? What are we talking about? That's why it's kind of hard. That's why you have to like, really, really move slowly and not lose track of, of, of where you are. And that's what the, still the Talmudic scholar would do. Would know what to do. Would say, okay, fine. This is the bait back and forth, back and forth. And, and what are they even about? you even arguing about? That's important not to not forget. So we have the picture of Rava. Rava says, like you guys all said, you guys all hit the nail on the head. If he says, you are married to half of me, that's fine. However, if he says, half of you is married to me, right, half the woman, that's not fine. Now, Stip, uh we to read only and, and the... Uh, and that's yes. because a woman can't have multiple husbands. Well, we don't know why. Uh, you, that's a very good assumption. And the Talmud will bring that up. But as of right now, we don't know why. And in fact, that might be the question. We'll say, wait a minute. You're giving us a distinction. What's the reason for the distinction? So we have an assumed reason for the distinction. We assume that the reason is X. Right? And then we'll say, if the reason is X, well then there shouldn't be a distinction. And then we'll say, oh no, you know what? The, maybe the reason is Y. and we'll see uh, that your your reason will come up. okay? woman marries
1: <laughs> married someone else has <laughs> two husbands, one of the husbands is sleeping with a married woman.
0: That's right, a woman can't have two husbands, that's for sure. Okay, so what is so everyone? Everyone, uh, let's let's go back to, to the to the text and back to the bold lines. Said Abaya to Rava. So who's Rava? Rava was the was, was the first opinion. Abaya is going to question it. What's the difference between? Behold, half of you is married to me. Then they are not married. Why? Why are they not married? Because the Torah says when a man shall marry a woman. Right. That verse says a man marries a woman. So therefore, if it's half a woman, they're not married. But it's also if it's half a man, they're not married. It means if the guiding principle is that the Torah says right, that uh, uh, when a man marries a woman, that means 100% of a man to 100% of a woman, and therefore if it's only 50% of a woman that doesn't work, well then, if it's, uh, according to that reasoning, if it's 50% of the man, it shouldn't work. Hence, we see that abaya hears the words of Rava. He assumes that the reasoning is because when someone says half of the woman is married to me, it's an infraction against the verse in Deuteronomy because the verse says you have to have a woman, not half a woman. And says, but if so, you're inconsistent. If so, there should be no difference between that and half a man. Seems legitimate. So he's going to say, no, 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 no. That wasn't my reasoning at all. What's he going to say? Rabbah said to Abayah, we're up to the... Uh, uh, he's responding. He's going to defend himself. What's the comparison? What do you mean? You say, what's the difference? I'm saying, what's the comparison? This is how they're arguing. Like, mm-hmm. uh, they're, they're coming from polar sides. Right? Abayah is saying, what's the difference? He's saying, what's the, what's the comparison? When he says, half of you is married to me, I only want to marry half of the woman. A woman cannot be married to two people, but a man is surely able to marry two women. This, remember, this predates the 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 prohibition against uh, polygamy. Polygamy was once legal in Jew, in Judaism. Mm-hmm. So, if so, if a man can marry as many women as he wants, so he should so be married half of him, or a quarter of him, or a tenth of him, right? That's what he means. He says. I was thinking who messed that one up? <laughs> <laughs> I just got to change
1: the shoes I could do it <laughs> This, this ain't, be careful with right, that's yeah. true. <laughs> Good point. <laughs> Girlfriend. So Girlfriend. in a case like yeah. that, what would happen? If the guy says, you're marrying half of me, and then later on he decides to, to take on a third wife or fourth wife, then he lied to her.
0: No, he no. no wrong no. commitment. Well, no, she has 50%. That's. that's uh, and then the, the rest of the wives split the other 50%. Yeah. Well,
1: the How do we know that?
0: I don't, I don't know, but... Either way, he's fully married to her. Means, Rudy's being a your question. He's saying, does, does it really mean that he's only half married? What no, I'm saying is, does
1: it mean? Means, so is he prescriptive to marry a
0: third? If he says to two two women, I, I marry half of me. Okay. Can he then marry a third because he's lied. Right. If he said fifty, fifty, if he says right. Okay, I married twenty five you're marrying twenty five percent of me, so I can have four if I wanted. <laughs> but if I say half, then the next one I better sure say uh, not say half again because then you're going
1: back and saying it. Right. Or if first one if you don't say a half to the first one, then you're hundred percent. But remember this you're not gonna a, marry you guys all have
0: this. an underlying assumption and hear me out. Okay. Your assumption is that there's a technical difference between this marriage and any other marriage it means you guys are assuming. Let's say a guy just says, "Hey, I want, I want to marry you," right? 100% me, 100% of you. Well, then according to your reasoning, he should never not be allowed to marry another woman. Correct. That's right, right but Correct. that's wrong. There was never a, there was never a stipulation that in order to marry multiple women, you have to have had this funny language. Correct. Okay. So. It's like glass. So it's not a technical. I'm married to multiple... Of you. <laughs> no, you said that was your first one. No, but I never had ping-pong. Ping-pong. Ne- ping pang ping, ping, Sorry. Never had a kid. I Never had a. Good <laughs> yet, I never had a Never had the marriage. really a, married, kid. a mother mother. <laughs> What 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 Rub is really saying? He's not saying a technicality that I'm that I want you to marry half of me, and therefore only half of me is married to you. So let's say, uh, you're only half my mother-in-law to her mother. right? Or I'm only half responsible to take care of you as my wife. No. Obviously, the marriage is going to be a fully bound marriage. However, it's a semantic. It's a semantic that he's using. He's saying, listen, we're going to be fully married. But you should know, I may be marrying another woman. He's not intending to have a half a marriage. He's intending to have a full marriage. But he's also informing her, that I will, perhaps in the future, consider other, other women.
1: But only up to a half.
0: No, he, he, I'm saying he's telling her that you don't have me exclusively. But the marriage is a full marriage. Hmm. It's pretty interesting. <laughs> Actually, it's kind of an open marriage, but full <laughs> because we're just something. <laughs> it's totally close for you, but pretty often. <laughs> now listen to this, guys. This is real, where I wanted to get up to. Listen to what the, what the Gemara is going to propose now. So now we seem to have closed the issue. Everywhere, it makes a lot of sense. If a man says, "I want to marry you," I, I, I'm sorry. I want I want all of you to marry half of me, right? Then it works. That's fine. That's a perfectly legitimate way to get married, right? You are married to half of me. That's legitimate. However, if the man says, "I want to marry half of you," doesn't work. Why? You gotta marry a full woman, not a half woman. And there's no way to explain this bizarre uh, uh, formulation of your marriage proposal by saying, Oh and oh, but I'll let you be married to someone else, because that's not a possibility. So it must be that you want a flawed marriage, you have to you have to marry hundred percent of man, hundred percent of the woman, he only wants fifty percent, that's a marriage not sanctioned by the Torah. Okay? That's that's where we end off. Yeah. The Talmuds are try to come up with this very interesting proposal. Listen to this guys. This is very disinteresting. Let's assume. Let's assume you have to marry a whole woman. You have to marry a whole woman. The Torah says a man, a woman. It doesn't say half a man, half a woman. You gotta marry a full man, full woman. If you say half a half a well, that's what you want. That's not well. If you want only half, you don't get the whole thing. Poses the Talmud. Let the marriage work on half let it work first on half and then let it spread like a disease to the whole woman. Let's come up with this creative solution where the man is initially going to marry the half the woman but once he marries half the woman it'll spread to the whole woman and then he, they should indeed be married. And then perhaps a legitimate form of getting married would also be I want to marry half of you. And initially it would start off as being Marry half a woman, but automatically it would just spread to the whole way through. What do you think about that idea, Josh? Well,
1: fine, but you can't marry half a woman.
0: You can't marry half a woman, but he's saying, I'm, I'm not going to marry half a woman, i Mar- marry four women. But I thought going yeah, to saying, I'm going to marry, uh, so marry half a woman, but it'll and spread. it's going to spread. Let, yeah, let it spread. In time. Huh? In time. No, it'll spread right away. But what happens to the, what happens to the half when you're married? Well, it half. spreads so, right she, away.
1: If, if, if you're married, you still so, can't, doesn't seem...
0: Doesn't seem no, you, you you say you marry half, but it, it half it just spreads. Half a woman means means the whole thing, you know. So, so it's like if it's instantaneous and, and total, then it's not there's no such thing. Why not? Because you're saying, it's never half.
1: It's never half. It's always the whole. You see the virus is always going to take over right
0: away. So there's no such thing as a half. <laughs> well, the virus was uh that was a joke. <laughs> 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 uh, but, but um, okay, but what's the problem? We're coming up with this a very nice proposal. It's a very nice idea. It's a nice idea, but when you're marrying him, you're still marrying the half. And then it spreads, so you're not no, marrying No, well, let's assume that it spreads instantaneously. Well, that, that's what, then you're never marrying a half. You're marrying the whole to begin with. Right? Yeah. <laughs> Who the heck well, it ever it's heard a nanosecond,
1: of this? If it's a nanosecond after. I mean, I don't...
0: Where is the precedent? What does it mean if you say you want to marry half? How is it suddenly spreading? Right? I said it's like a virus. But what does that mean? You have to explain that. You can't just come up with this brand new idea proposal. You know what? I have an idea. <laughs> I have an idea. Right? Uh, l- let me uh, be uh, be uh, 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 half of an owner of a property. And now I'll get the whole thing. What, what does that mean? This doesn't work like that. You want to marry half. You say you want to marry half. That's the transaction. That's what you said you want. That's what you paid for. That's what you get. What do you mean? Something's going to spread? It's going to spread. You didn't say that. We don't know if that was your intention. What if, if you don't want half? What if you don't want the other half? You asked for half. Why do you? you know, well, you? we don't know what you want because we're we're dealing with over. it post facto. Right. Well, what if you don't want? it? What do you want only? I only want the healthy half. The right. <laughs> <laughs> big half. Your father pays for. <laughs> Means you have when you propose such a proposal, you have to say, "Listen, there is this idea of someone assigning something on a half, and it's spreading to the whole thing." So the Talmud makes a proposal, and in fact, it's going to give the the was uh, uh, um, um, what the, the precedent. Let's let, let, let's read it. Marzutra, that was someone's name. Mar is like the word Mister just a mem and a resh, mister, even in, in Hebrew today, if you want to say Mr. Uh, Miller, you would say, you would say Mar Miller, that's what your name would be in Israel, Mr. Miller, right? Uh-huh. Right? Mr. Middleman, you'd be a Mar Miller. So Mar Zutra, Mr. Zutra, the son of Rav Mari, Rabbi Mari, said to Ravina, let the marriage spread from half the woman to the whole. <laughs> I have an idea. Let him, why is marrying half a woman invalid? Let's make a valid. Let's, let's make it spread to the whole. Now, he's going explain the precedent. As we see, uh, just keep on only in the bold lines, as we see in the, bri- in the Brisa, we have a precedent for this. What what happens when a man says, the leg of this animal shall be consecrated for an Ola offering in the temple, the entire animal becomes consecrated as an Ola. And the, is the
1: leg still attached?
0: Yeah, so there's a there's a rule like this in the temple. There were lots of sacrifices. There were daily sacrifices, but there were also individual sacrifices. If you wanted to donate something to the to- temple, you would take one of your livestock and say, "This animal, I'm going to bring it to Jerusalem. I'm going to bring it as an as an offering, as an offering." Right. So you would say, "This animal is an ola," and you can no longer use that animal. It's like as if you donated it. And once you made a pledge, right? Once you say, "This car, I'm giving it to the to my minion or to torch," right? He, he, you know, you made a decision to give it. You gotta give it, right? You say I'm mean, gonna give the animal to to the temple. You gotta give it. What if the guy says, you know what? I wanna give the leg of the animal to the temple. So all he wants to say, all oh, I wanna give is the leg. It's prohibited. Why not?
1: Because we can't can take one leg from an animal and leave it living. We cannot allow to do that.
0: Okay. So what happens?
1: The animal. I mean, the animal could live, but it's, it's a prohibited action to do that. We well, but he animal.
0: said something. He said, I want to give the leg. And the Talmud says, what happens? The entire animal becomes consecrated. So we have a precedent. We found our precedent. When a man says, I want to give an offering, I want to make a donation of the leg of my animal, then the entire animal becomes consecrated. consecrated. So, too... When a man says, "I want to marry half a woman," the entire woman becomes consecrated, which is actually the same word for marriage and consecration. In the, in in, uh, in Hebrew, is the same word, K- kadosh, like kedushah, like holy, uh, distinct. Right? Same thing. So this book is called kedushin, name of the book, kedushin, because it's marriage. And the books that talk about uh, uh, kadshim is sacrifices, because uh, it, it means the same thing. So we have the same principle. It's, 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 we have a precedent. If a man says I wanna give half my animal, the whole animal goes. I wanna marry half a woman, the whole woman goes. So why can it not work when a man says I wanna marry half a woman? Let me marry the whole thing. Because the the, the 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 effect will spread will spread. What do you guys say? nice creative idea, huh? Sounds good. What do you say, Rudy? You like it?
1: Like it.
0: Now remember, there's no such a thing where we're in the middle of a dialogue. This will be challenged, right? This will be yeah. challenged. Yeah. If past performance is indicative of future results, we will find that someone has a question, a proposal, it probably will be contested. <laughs> the Jews don't take things that don't make sense or that they could disprove. They don't take it quietly.
1: So are there other verses dealing with marriage, combining two people, two souls? What, what, what are you saying? I'm saying that if there are other verses that say that... There's other verses that address... <coughs> when two people come together in marriage that they become yeah. one, right? Yeah. Correct? Correct. There's the a verse in
0: Genesis. It's the same thing. Uh, Therefore a man shall leave his father and mother and should right? uh, cleave to his wife and there should be one flesh. Okay. One flesh,
1: okay. It's like chemistry, you know. We put two things together they bond. Become, they, they bond. They're, they're no longer two separate things. They're, they're, they're a new entity. Absolutely. So how can they... You can't, you can't combine two chemical pieces and combine kind of them together in the same pot but say I'm only devoting half of that to that chemical process it's all in the same pot it's all in the same pot it's going to become one at that point okay you follow what I'm saying are you you, um... you have to physically separate that in other words if you want to combine hydrogen and carbon you have to, if you want to leave a piece of the carbon out, you have to put it over there. You can't combine it. You can't put it all in the same pot. Otherwise, it will all be chemically combined. It's no longer. So, so okay. So, therefore. It's, it's all therefore, in or it's not all in. There's therefore, no in our hour,
0: uh, scenario. That means, Okay. Let's us, uh, accept your principle. Therefore, how does that apply to our discussion?
1: Our discussion with me is, um, is uh, you have to question whether or not the marriage was valid or not. I I would think so. Why? I mean, because, like to use the example I gave, because chemically, if you leave a piece of it out, it's not a, it's not a, it's not the same transaction chemically as if you put all of it together. It's not. You can't call it the same thing. H two O and H three O are not the same thing chemically.
0: So what? So, I'm so not understanding how this relates to marriage.
1: Because I, I don't think
0: you can have a marriage without it being without one whole and one whole. Without full consent. Without full consent. Sides. Without
1: whole and whole.
0: So, I want you to, to take a look at the uh, at, the, at the, la- the, the last paragraph over here. I stepped a little bit, but the, it's, uh, it's, it's a little bit more of a side idea. So, Marzutra is coming up with a very novel idea. His idea is you know what? We have a principle elsewhere in the Torah that talks about. Uh, uh, sacrifices that if you say you want to consecrate half the animal the whole comes becomes uh, consecrated however it works we don't know we don't know how, the, ha, how, how ke- chemically as you would say how that actually works we don't know technically how it's going to work but it happens so maybe it happens over here as well So the Talmud is going to say is this comparable? are you going to compare a sacrifice to marriage? there by the sacrifice it's an animal here there's another person's mind if you want to marry a woman and she says no, no means no. Means no. no means no. No means no. no, means no. Right? So if a woman doesn't want to get married to you, you're not married. Now, this woman, she yes. only acquiesced. Yes. Yes. Sure she acquiesced to what? To what you said. Well, what did you say? I, mean, I want to marry half of you. Half of you. She agreed <coughs> to half. You may say, oh, I want the whole thing. But she agreed to half the person that you need to convince, the woman agreed to half. So she agreed to what you said. As opposed to, by the case of the sacrifice, right? it's only one owner, the guy wants to give his animal, well, he, he gives half, but really he means the whole thing. As opposed to, let's say, Brian and I co-owned an animal, we both owned it, and I said, I want the animal to become holy, to go to the temple. Is it going to work in his half? No, I'm not your agent, I'm not your fiduciary, I'm not in charge of your animal, right? You have to decide whether or not you want to give your half as well. I can give my half, but I can't control your half. Therefore, just like by two partners we each own, right, each one's opinion needs to be verified. I'll take, yeah, I'll take, but give give for Josh first, Josh. Josh, we'll have to come back. So too, that's my last line. So too, by man and, man and wife, she has to acquiesce to the entire thing. He may want the whole thing, the thing to spread. She agreed to half, and therefore they are not married. Okay, thank you all. Thank you all for being here. They're not married. Not married. Not married. At the minion, not married. Because he married
1: big treat. If you don't know. I'm,